On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Online, I talk with Kieran Jade from Wolven. We talk about her ambassador program and how that's really helping her scale. We talk about what's working and particularly what's not working when it comes to Facebook ads. You guys are going to get a ton out of this episode. Before we start, we've worked with hundreds of businesses over the years, and we found that there is one element that all the successful businesses have in common. All the successful businesses that we've worked with have had a strategy. Having a strategy means having a roadmap. It means knowing where you want to go and having a plan on how you're going to get there. We found that there's 10 pivotal elements to an effective strategy, and we've created a one-minute quiz to help you determine whether your next year of marketing will be successful or not. Think about this. If a plane leaving LAX is headed to JFK and is even 1% off at the beginning of the trip, that plane could veer as far as Winnipeg. (laughs) And no one wants to end up in Winnipeg. Take the quiz today at mindfulmarketing.co slash quiz or click the link in today's show notes to see where your marketing is headed this year. Now, on to today's show. Kieran Jade from Wolven, so nice to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so uh, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. So I am the founder and CEO at Wolven. We are a sustainable brand really committed to educating our consumers about plastic pollution. We make activewear and swimwear from post-consumer plastic, mainly recycled water bottles. Cool, cool. So we were talking a little bit before we we actually got recording. Um, You know, people will hear that like water bottle threads, all of that, and immediately probably think that it's not comfortable. Like, like tell me, tell me about that. Like, what, what does the fabric actually feel like? So the fabric is incredibly soft. It's super smooth. It's definitely a very luxurious hand feel. And that has been a huge pain point for us trying to communicate to our consumers like, hey, this is the softest thing you're ever going to wear and getting that reaction that, you know, how can it be so soft? It's made from plastic. So really trying to put that forward in our marketing has been a big, big effort for us. And, you know, we hear from customers all the time, hey, I've been seeing your Facebook ads all year, but, you know, I'm here at this event with you and I'm going to buy all your leggings now because I finally get to try them on in person. Yeah. That being said, you know, really, we haven't had a big wholesale business up until this year and moving into 2020, we're starting to do a lot more wholesale because we want our customers to be able to go into a store and feel our fabric. Totally, totally. So, okay, so what do you do on on Facebook ads in particular? What do you do to try to convince somebody or or to try to, um, you know, show them how soft it is? Because obviously they can't feel it like... So one of the big things we do is we use Klarna as our breakup payment service. And Klarna also has a try before you buy option. So you can actually purchase our product and get it in the mail, try it on, see if you like it before you even pay for it. Sorry, what what is this service called? I I don't think I've ever heard of it. It's K-L-A-R-N-A. They're really big in Europe and it's a big afterpay competitor. We used okay. afterpay for a long time and we actually shifted to Klarna this year because of Try Before You Buy. Okay, cool, cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I feel like lots of our listeners would find that super interesting, Klarna. Okay, we'll, we'll put that into the show notes. Yeah, um, I definitely would recommend it. It's awesome. Yeah, awesome. Uh, tell me, how did this company get started? So I founded Wolven in 2014 when I was in college for fine art and also in yoga teacher training. And I'm half Indian, half Pakistani. And as I was going to yoga classes and buying leggings to wear, I was seeing that a lot of the imagery from the birthplace of yoga, India, wasn't really present in the Western yoga practice. Hmm. So I wanted to create a brand that brought some of the roots of yoga to the Western yoga practice. 
Cool. And so is that, is that shown in like in lots of the patterns that you use and. Absolutely. And it definitely was more so towards the very beginning when I did all of our textile art, our textile art is about 50, 50 split between my partner Will and I right now. So though there's still that like geometric and colorful vibe, it has evolved a little bit over the years. Cool. Cool. So is that something that you have uh, like some history in or like some, some training? Yeah. So I'm, by trade a fine art painter so that's cool what i yeah that's what i do <laughs> wow uh let's let's talk a little bit uh, but before we get into the digital sort of side of things let's talk about how you went about finding um because like uh, you know most of the people that are listening to this have physical product stores um and sourcing is is a big issue right so how, without going into obviously the, the nitty gritty details, because uh, you don't want to give away your, your actual sources, how do you go about doing that? Like how, like how did you go about finding somebody that could produce textiles like that? Because that's super niche. So in the beginning, finding a way to make our product that was sustainable was sort of always part of our core mission. So it's not something that was introduced later on. So from the beginning in doing our sourcing, I was really looking for partners to work with that would have access to eco-friendly textiles. And I think, you know, if you go on Alibaba and you look for fabric made from recycled plastic, you're going to get a bunch of options, but the efficacy and like, you know, the realness behind that fabric might not be there. So it was really important to us to have like certain certifications with our fabric from the get-go. And I didn't do a trip to China in the beginning of my brand and yeah. my sourcing but I know a lot of people who have and who have seen a ton of success with it and retrospectively retrospectively I wish that that is what I had done hmm. have, have you have you gone out there since yeah I have since but I, I didn't in the beginning okay okay I I can say for our clothing company we get all of our fabric from China as well and um, as we I mean North America we just don't really do that right it's not it's and for us in Canada we actually have no um, duty coming in um, because Canada understands that we don't make fabric. So, <laughs> um, but we've never gone over to China either. And we spend a lot of money with them. <laughs> we just um, launched a new textile actually. So last year, and then we just launched some new teas as well. We launched a t-shirt collection that's made from Modal, which is made from yeah. sustainably harvested beech tree pulp. And with that process, we spent quite a bit of time really researching various Modal suppliers and wanting to make sure that, you know, the forests were being handled properly and that like the sustainability behind the actual harvesting of the beech tree fibers was all ethical in the way that we needed it to be. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Uh, I love how it, it seems like you guys are really putting your, your ethics first um, yeah. and then creating products kind of around that. Yeah, we absolutely are. I think that our philosophy and brand message is really rooted around sustainability and inclusivity and just how you treat people who are part of your business, whether it's people involved in your supply chain or your sewers or your employees. And honestly, that's made it so that maybe we haven't grown as fast as we would have had we made some compromises along the road. But I think we are setting this business up to grow really sustainably and beautifully. Totally. Oh, it sounds like you guys are doing things right. 
<laughs> Not that I'm like the expert on doing things right, but <laughs> it, it, it sounds great to me. Um, at what point did you know that this was going to grow? Was there like a certain point or, or have you guys just slowly but surely um, been working at this? So we've definitely slowly but surely been working at it. But I would say that last year around the holiday season, we just saw like so much growth in Q4 last year that... Okay. It really set us up for a really strong year this year and this year has been incredible we've seen almost 200 percent growth from last year this year amazing we're scaling super fast and it's really exciting to be able to do it in a way that is really in alignment with our values because it means that consumers are starting to respond to brands like this Totally. Okay. This is, this is a question I don't really talk about with many people. I'm just assuming that this is the case for you. You're growing at 200%. How do you manage your cash flow? It's really challenging. It's definitely a big pain point for us right now. And going into next year, we're spending a lot of time reassessing how to allocate our resources. Obviously with a business like ours, when, you know, as we scale, it's really exciting because we see that revenue coming in, but we also, our inventory has to scale as we grow and being an inventory based business sets up this really unique challenge where, you know, you have to make sure your warehouse is full of all the goods that you're going to need. And the more inventory you buy, the better your cost is, the better your margins are there. So it's worth sort of investing in a lot of inventory, but then your cash gets tied up in inventory. So we've been, you know, talking to everyone under the sun about, funding but we are we are a self and family and friends funded business right now okay so so you haven't had to give up anything not yet good good very good um i talked to um mike mccallowitz who wrote profit first uh, Mm -hmm. a little while ago on the podcast uh one of my favorite authors i uh I, i loved it and i asked him when it's appropriate uh to take on debt um and when it's not and so his answer was um, if you can see the returns within 60 days. If you know that you have a guaranteed return within 60 days. What I'd love to now ask a follow-up question is uh, to him is, is what about all of this inventory? Yeah, right. it's really interesting because with being an inventory-based business, so one of the things we do, which is definitely not something we always want to do, but something we've done this year is our product will be available on pre-order when our inventory is sold out. And that sets it up so that you buying our product is actually funding the inventory being made, which is not something I would recommend for any business at scale. But for those of you listening who have a startup, if you are confident that you can make that inventory and deliver within deadlines that you set, it is a way to fund your inventory. Totally. Totally. Where are you guys doing your manufacturing? So all of our recycled PET is made in China and it's a vertical factory there. So they source our fabric cut. So. Oh, okay. Okay. So everything. Oh, that's super nice. So it's all in one place there. Yeah, it's awesome. It's all in one place. We do our modal tees that we just launched. Um, We actually launched some graphic tees yesterday. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. It's an exciting new category for us. And with those tees, they are made in downtown LA. Okay, cool. Yeah. You guys have a pretty thriving manufacturing scene there, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. We definitely do. I would say in the beginning of my business in 2014, we were working with local manufacturers with our RPT products as well. And we had like 
three businesses just go out of business. It was Great. bizarre. Like wow. people who had our patterns, products that were in the middle of development. We had houses that we would send a batch of product and order for a batch of product to, and they would literally divide in half the product that we sent them and outsource half of the product to one set of sewers and the other half to another set of sewers. And we would yep. get the product back with inconsistencies within one run of product. Oh, that's, so, you can't scale like that either, right? No, not at all. And honestly, that's a big part of why we moved it to China pretty much exclusively. And I wanted this business to be a made in LA business for all of our products very desperately in the beginning to the extent at which, you know, I was downtown all the time talking to factories all the time, just like really trying to figure it out and workshop it. But the supply chain that we have set up is unbeatable. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I know that we, um, I'm thinking it was about, it was about 10 years ago when in, so we're, we're right around Vancouver, uh, in BC and, uh, we had a super thriving manufacturing scene when, um, Lululemon was manufacturing everything here, uh, Mech mountain equipment co-op, which is kind of like your REI. Um, they were manufacturing everything here, just tons of that. And then they all went offshore. And, and it was like all of these skilled sewers, just everybody that was doing that business left. <laughs> and so, so now it's building back up and I don't know if it's happening in LA too, but. I think it's definitely happening. And especially I see a lot of new technology coming out in LA. Like for example, there are a lot of DTG printers, which is direct to garment where you can have the kind of business where, you know, you have this awesome website and you have like, 500 products online and they're actually made to order and they print when you place the order. Awesome. So there's a lot of cool ways to have a more lean inventory that are becoming more prominent in the manufacturing space in LA, which is yeah. pretty cool to see. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, let's talk about um, what's working uh, in online advertising for you right now. Um, let's first talk organic. So on the organic side, a big thing that always works for us is micro-influencer marketing and our ambassador program. So we have a brand ambassador program of over 1,500 people. And these are yogis and people who are passionate about sustainability who are just on board to share our brand mission. And we see tremendous success with them. Do you mind going into some of the details of that? Like, what, what does that look like? Because I, I feel like that would be a really good way... Um on the non-paid sort of side uh, to, to be able to grow? Like, can, can you explain how that works? Yeah, absolutely. Anytime I have any kind of advisorship conversation with anyone who's starting a small business, I always recommend starting an ambassador program first because it's something that you can do that doesn't require capital. Yeah. And with having ambassadors, you are really building an authentic community around your brand. I know you talk a lot about Facebook groups and having a brand ambassador program. Like that's, that's our Facebook group, right? Like it's our yeah. brand ambassadors and those people are your sort of diehard fans, your sort of first people to ever really invest in your product. And when you tap into that community, I think you're able to do a number of things. One, you're able to leverage the fact that they're passionate about your product as sort of free advertising. Yeah. But two, you're also able to do a good amount of R&D with them because their feedback on your product, they're your best customers. Totally. People most interested in supporting your brand. So, you know, 
asking them questions and involving them in the development of your brand as it grows gives them ownership over the brand and it also makes it so that you're making the best possible product because you're addressing their concerns directly. Awesome. And uh, yeah, I mean, you've probably heard me talk about Facebook groups tons. I think the reason why I talk about that is that it's the, the lowest barrier of entry to get a group together. And, and so having something like this, like the ambassador program, uh, sounds amazing. So do you give them some kind of discount to be in, in the program or, or like, how, how does that work? We do. Yeah, we do a discount and we do a kickback too. So you get a discount on product and you also get either a percentage of each sale in cash or in store credit and you, can oh. shoot. And you get more if you pay store credit. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, sorry about the interruption. We'll get back to the show shortly. I wanted to ask you again, are you confident in your company's marketing strategy for the upcoming year? If you don't want to leave it up to chance, take the one minute quiz at mindfulmarketing.co slash quiz. Now back to today's episode. Can you tell us what, like, do you use a certain kind of software for that or? Yeah, I would definitely recommend for entry-level ambassador programs using Refersion. It also works for affiliate marketing. It's definitely not ideal for affiliate marketing, but it's, it's nice because at an entry level, you can use it for both. Cool. Cool. That's, that's awesome. This is totally something that we've never talked about before on the podcast. So that's exciting. Yeah. I definitely think it's as community, community-oriented brands begin to thrive, it's really important to cultivate and develop those communities and having a brand ambassador program is a really good way to do it. Yeah, awesome, that's great. Do you have certain um, like qualifications for them? Yeah, we, we definitely do. So for us, um, you know, being really sustainably minded, being super passionate about sustainability, often having some kind of involvement in the yoga or like active community so we get a lot of like yoga teachers fitness instructors that kind of thing and it's it's cool because a lot of our clothing is pretty bright and vibrant and so you could be a yoga teacher standing in front of a classroom teaching wearing woven every day of the week in front of a classroom of 50 people and that's you know for us all we did is give you a discount on the outfit and you know, now you're talking about our brand in front of this big group of people regularly. And by the nature of our prints and patterns, someone will ask you about what you're wearing. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's very similar to the, to the micro influencer niche as well. Right. Yeah. It's just but, in the real world. Yeah, totally. I, <laughs> I wonder if it's actually more effective because people, people aren't even selling and, and so nobody has their guard up. Right. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a different type of dynamic like we do a lot of micro influencer and even influencer and celebrity seating as well and I think with that it's quite clear that it's product seating even when it is at its most authentic because often the people that you work with are endorsing multiple brands whereas with an ambassador program especially with someone like a yoga teacher there's a different level of authenticity and i think there's also a different level of authenticity when you're in person with someone totally totally um let's uh let's talk about paid ads now uh what's working for you guys right now no man is anything working for paid ads for anybody right now (laughs) (laughs) i you know what in canada (laughs) it's a different story in canada our cpms are way less 
than in the States. We, we have American clients and sometimes I'm like, what is going on? We have, we have uh, one client in the makeup industry and her CPMs are $150. No, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, we're definitely seeing things that are working and crushing, but I would say that, you know, this has been a year of just holding on to our Facebook ads and just like knowing like the return is going to come down the road because like you can't freak out when you're losing money for a couple of days because that's just not not how ads work anymore. But I think what we're seeing success with, we are very creative team and very creative oriented in our advertising strategies so we're seeing a lot of success with cbo because we're able to put forth a lot of different assets and really let the facebook algorithm optimize and we're also seeing success with running branded content on instagram story okay awesome awesome good uh any other placements on facebook instagram working Facebook desktop does okay for us, but I think with branded content specifically, it kind of ties back to that ambassador program that works for us. Like if you have someone who's recording a video, maybe even on like a selfie camera. So there's this feeling of like closeness between the camera and the person I think that makes the viewer feel connected to the person in the advertisement. And I think that's why we're seeing a lot of success with that specific placement. And it's led us to explore a lot more on Snapchat too, honestly. Mm, good. I was actually just about to, I was going to talk about YouTube and Snapchat. Um, Snapchat, are, are you guys putting any substantial budget in there? We're starting to ramp up our Snap budget because we were seeing a lot of the creative that was doing the best for us on Facebook is really the type of creative that's more suited for a channel like Snap. Totally. Totally. I feel like with Snapchat too, people actually have their volume on, right? It's similar. It's similar to, to YouTube, right? Where you can actually convey something, if, especially if you're talking about something or you have some kind of voice overlay, Snap and YouTube are like the place to be. Absolutely. And a lot of our creative is video, whether it's highly produced video that really feels more like an advertisement or, you know, simple selfie camera videos. So both of those lend themselves to YouTube and Snapchat. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Have you now, have you been trying YouTube at all? We've done a little bit with YouTube ads. We definitely plan to explore it more. We spent a good amount of time this year really trying to nail our Facebook funnel, which I think was for the best because Q4 has been great, but I definitely would like to allocate more time to YouTube next year because we create so much video creative already. So it's just such a natural, you know, platform for us to excel at. Totally. Totally. We, we have seen some good results for brands on with YouTube pre-roll. Um, something we'll probably get into in, in one of our standalone podcasts at some point. Um, just because I, I think that it's so powerful. Um, wow. We're, I just feel like we have barely even started talking and we're like almost at half an hour here. (laughs) Crazy. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to ask you just a a couple more questions here. Um, what advice would you give to somebody just starting out? I think the best advice I could give to someone just starting out is to be really clear on their vision and to stay true to it. I think in the world that we live in, there are so many brands and it's very easy to lose your brand identity because you see things that are working for other people and you want Mm. to adapt. And while I think it's important to be 
nimble and to be reactive, I also think it's important to be very clear about what your core mission and brand is about. Mm, that is great advice. I, um, I to, to put it in different words, sometimes what we say is strategy generally stays the same. It's just tactics that change. Right? Exactly. But, but for you guys, it's like, you know, moving into Modell, it's the same, like it's, it's who you guys are. Right. Exactly. It's just a different, it's just a different tactic and it's, and it's something else that you can offer to people that's in the same, the same realm. I love it. Seriously. Love it. I love having podcast interviews when I'm just like, ah, these people are great. This, Yay. <laughs> this is awesome. You're, you've made the cut. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> I, I've made the cut getting, getting to have you on. <laughs> um, well, you've listened to some, to some episodes. What's your secret to scaling? I think our secret to scaling is, and this is a real secret. I think it's, um, you know, fake it till you make it a little bit. I think you have to put your brand out there in the way that you want it to be perceived. And I think that that's definitely been our, our greatest secret to scaling. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. You, you put out there what, what you want to be, right? Like, like that era of, of where you want to be. And it's not in like, I, I think I know what you're talking about. It's not in a, in a, um, in a faking it kind of way. It's just like, Hey, this is who we are. There's a huge difference between people on Etsy and people with brands. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think, you know, it's not about being fake. Obviously it's about being authentic, but I think it's about being the best version that you can imagine your business to be. And totally acting as though you're already fully there, yeah. you know, fully funded to be there, fully staffed to be there. And, you know, honestly, that ends up being that you put in a lot more hours than you might have hoped to. But I think that that is, it's like you're showing the proof of concept as you scale. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. It's, it's aspirational, right? It's just like every time you're like, I can do that. I know I can do, I haven't done it yet, but I can do it. Yeah, exactly. And if you, if you know that you will get there, you know, act as if you're there, be there yeah. and mentally already. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Uh, we're going to move on to our lightning round. Cool. Favorite tool or app that you're using right now? I have a few. I really like for social media. I really like Unum. It's U-N-U-M for content planning. It's great if you have a team where more than one person is looking at your content. You're able to sort of organize your social grid and pre-write all your copy. It's really nice if you are in a situation where you work with maybe a social media intern or something so that you yeah. can go check their work. It's a mobile-based tool, so I find it very convenient. Cool. Another one that I really like is Unfold which is a Instagram story, yeah. you know, visual planning app. It's really great because you can forego the cost of working with an excellent graphic designer on something like Instagram story and just have just about anyone do it. It's true. Yeah. I, I totally know unfold. Great, great program. Um, awesome. Do you have a favorite podcast? That you're listening to? I have a lot of favorite podcasts. I'm a big podcast listener. Um, I think in, in the world of business, I really like the How I Built This podcast. Great. Um, as far as sustainability goes, there's a podcast called Sustainability Defined that I really okay. like. 
And I also really like The Daily, which is the New York Times like daily news podcast. It's one I listen to every morning. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it's really great. It's a good, quick way to get your news. It's like 20 to 30 minutes and mm. a lot. It's delivered in a way that's really engaging and doesn't make you feel sad about politics. Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look into that one. I'm always looking for a new uh, news podcast, so... It's so good. I actually listened to it for the first time in an Uber. The oh, okay. Uber driver had it on and I was like, hey man, like as I was getting out of the car, I was like, what is this? <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, good for you that you have Uber uh, down there. We still don't have it in British Columbia right now. Oh, well, I think we yeah. technically do, but they're making everybody get like commercial licenses. and Like taxi. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, and is there a founder that you look up to? Yeah, I think... Yvonne Chouinard of Patagonia is probably oh, yeah, yeah, the founder yeah. that I look up to the most. Um, just across the board from being really environmentally oriented in all their practices and also just putting work-life balance at the top of their list of priorities and avoiding corporate funding. I, you know, I think Patagonia is a great, great company to look up to. Very aspirational for us. Awesome. It, uh, if anybody knows them, please uh, send them my way. I want to have them on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've actually sent like multiple in-mail messages on LinkedIn too. <laughs> Hello? Is anyone there? Awesome. Uh, where can people find out more about you? Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, just Kieran Jade, and you can find Wolfen at wolfenthreads.com and on Instagram at wolfenthreads. Awesome. Uh, before you go, was that a transition, like a branding transition that you went from Wolven Threads to Wolven? Yeah, it was. It was a branding transition about a year and a half ago. And if anybody out there can get me wolven.com or at wolven on Instagram, I would be very thrilled to talk to you. Oh, yeah. Do you know who they are? Like... Have you found them? Yeah, no, the Instagram is like some guy with seven followers who was last active like seven years ago. And the website, we have reached out to buy their domain a number of times and they're just being stubborn, but hopefully we'll get it eventually. It's funny. I, I think it was, I want to say it was Dropbox. Like I listened to a podcast about some pretty large company and they were talking about just how it took them forever to get their domain and i was like okay there's there's hope there's hope yet <laughs> uh you could always do the wolven.co method exactly. <laughs> that's what that's what we've done at our marketing company is mindfulmarketing.co i'm like well the dot com i think they wanted like 10 grand for it or something like yeah. i am not going to pay that no no yeah. <laughs> uh it was kieran it was so nice to have you on the podcast thank you so much Absolutely. It was great chatting with you as well. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Secrets to Scaling Online. If you're loving what you're hearing, subscribe to our podcast and share this with a friend. No, seriously, share it with a friend. No, if you don't, I'm going to find you and I'm going to make you profitable. Got it? No, seriously, 